The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am the executive minister and senior assistant minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder uh, today, I have a very special show. I'm interviewing someone that I recently met and now am calling a new friend, the Reverend Sharon Connors. How are you doing there, Reverend Sharon? Good morning, Galen. I'm doing great, and thank you for this invitation. I'm Beautiful. excited for this connection. Yeah, so am I. So am I. So uh, before we get into the show and start talking about your book, Adventures and Resilience, uh, Ignite the 12 Powers in You to Create a Radiant Life. Could you give people a little bit of your background of how you ended up working in ministry and, and becoming an author in New Thought? Mm. Oh, gosh, that's uh, that would take up the whole time, you know, because as, as I look back, and I bet you can too, you see, uh, as I do, a sequence of events that, uh, you could, as I think Lowell Fillmore said, we could have come no other way. Mm-hmm. And so I've always loved words, and that led to writing and school and English being my favorite class and newspaper editor and always doing well in writing. So I always loved words and the power of words and the beauty of words. So that's probably why I like writing and wrote the couple books that I have. In terms of this particular focus, the 12 powers, it started in my first Unity Church Galen in Clearwater, Florida. I wasn't looking for a new church, but a friend invited me to Unity in Clearwater, and I was so moved that first service. I just kept going to every class that was offered, and 12 powers happened to be one of them. And I, I don't know, there was this moment of, I don't know, for me, realization where I thought, no, this is it. This, this is how I can go from feeling powerless, which I did at that time in my life. It was, um, I was having some real issues in my marriage and I was feeling powerless and I thought, oh my gosh, 12 powers, maybe, maybe this can help. So there was this dawn of hope, and I, I took the 12 powers again. How I got to ministry is, I don't know. I was raised Catholic, and I always, I guess I, <laughs> at one point I thought, Galen, maybe I'll be a nun, but I got married instead. Uh, anyway, I, I got in ministry this deeper understanding of the 12 powers, and we were we were asked in the 12 powers class to pick a healing project and use two of the 12 powers in this healing project so i had my project which was this uh, constant warts on my feet 
and on one foot especially, they had been burned out, gouged out, uh, every kind of way to end it, and they just kept coming back all the time. So thought, this is it. This is what I'll, I'll use the 12 powers on, or two of the 12. So I chose understanding and love. And we spent a semester on this project, and honestly, at the end of the semester, and I had the warts when I started the project, uh, the warts were gone and have never come back, never come back in all these years. So that's a long story <laughs> to answer your question, but that's, that's kind of the path that got me to finally sitting down and writing this book. Well, thank you, thank you. So I want to get to the 12 power questions because your book is has so much great information in it and it's so well researched. I just have to just state that because I'm a reader. You can tell when people do their mm -hmm. homework and they are pulling the resources from other places, including within themselves. So when you talk about the 12 powers, what is your overall concept of this is what the 12 powers of man or humanity actually mean or are? The first thing I would say about that is for me, the 12 powers represent or offer or are a path to maximize our spiritual potential. I believe we, in scripture, affirms that we have infinite creative potential. These are things that Jesus did in greater. And so I have come to believe that working with or maximizing these 12 powers in us and in our lives as they express in our lives is not only the way to be resilient no matter what washes up on the shores of our life, but also a way to uh, maintain health of spirit, soul, and body. So that's, okay. I mean, that's kind of the essence. Okay, okay. And you tie resilience to the 12 powers. Why did you do it? Say that again, Galen? You, you tied the word resilience to the 12 oh, powers. Gotcha. Why, why resilience? It was a time when I started to write this book, which was back, well, actually, I was going to write it back in the 90s and instead wrote a, a book called Adventures in Prayer. But I had set out to write the 12 Powers book and did a week at Unity Village in their in their library, which incredibly extensive, and found that I was pulling everything out, uh, taking notes on prayer rather than the powers. Uh, and I think it was because the whole uh, spiritual landscape at the time wasn't quite into the idea of the biochemistry of spirituality in that, uh, you know, we're all energy and and thoughts have frequencies and emotions have frequencies that impact matter, meaning our body, for one thing. And so uh, when I started writing the book, which was uh, somewhere around 2014, 15, 
there were challenges all around the world then, and the word resilience kept coming to me. In fact, even in meditation, when I thought about what to what to title the book, resilience kept coming up. And so the connection for me is the 12 powers when we work with them and develop them and expand their energy in us, create or um, how can I say it? Uh, they expand our resilience. They, I mean, it's like they're partners so that whatever troubles we meet, there's the energy of one or more of those powers that brings us through and uh, above and triumphing or being victorious in the situation. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. So when uh, Charles Fillmore originally published the 12 Powers of Man book, obviously he wrote it as articles before then, mm -hmm. many years before, um, he tied it to his concept of regeneration, of you know basically mm -hmm. manifesting as a Christ-like being or manifesting the Christ within um, into manifestation. Um, so when you hear, or when you were reading that type of material, the deeper mysticism of it, uh, you know, because you were mm -hmm. using terms like alchemy in your in your book, um, how do you tie mm -hmm. that into into uh, Charles Fillmore's original concept? If you do tie it into his concept, well, his was the first book on the twelve powers that I read. There are two others, and uh, two others written about that time. Uh, and I, I do believe that the 12 powers do regenerate. And I, my hunch, although I don't know for sure, I don't know if he wrote about it. I did some research in the archives on when he started really exploring these powers. But I did not notice that he connected any particular powers to his work on regenerating his leg. Okay. But he did. And... And I believe that he used the 12 powers in along, uh, including, of course, faith and uh, creative visualization, like, like I'm recommending uh, creative visualization and working with these 12 powers. Uh, I believe he did that to regenerate his leg. And I think I, I've come to believe that these 12 powers do shift or transform darkness to light. So when I say darkness to light, I mean within us, whether it's mental, emotional, or even physical for that matter. So I believe the 12 powers are light frequency vibrations that, that affect our biochemistry, the organs of our body. And so that, that for me is the idea of regeneration. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. When you give a lot of exercises in your book, you know, questions mm -hmm. to reflect on, things to pray, things to affirm, things to visualize based upon each faculty, was it a reason why you wanted to make this book exceptionally practical? Because none of those things are in the original 12 Powers of Man book. I know, it's true. I guess because I'm pretty practical. I mean, <laughs> I could get I could get a little uh, uh, on a tangent here and say, well, you know, Galen, I'm a Capricorn, and you know how Capricorns are. 
they, you know, they're task oriented and practical and get it done. But for me, I mean, that's the bottom line is if I can't use it, um, what good is it to me? And so I wanted to make, make this usable and practical for the reader because it became practical for me. You know, I, I use, I say three affirmations every morning that I've created and sometimes they've changed over the years, but I say them, um, I write a gratitude list every morning. You know, I guess I'm, I'm practical in that way and believe that it's a way to really integrate whatever we're trying to learn or utilize or express. So if I want to be loving, I, I have to do loving things. You know, if I want to be understanding, I have to practice understanding as a listener or a speaker like that. Yeah, that makes that definitely makes sense. It definitely makes sense. When you were studying the 12 powers uh, and really doing, you know, the, the work, developing it, doing the research, I'm sure doing your own prayer and meditative practices, is there any particular power or powers that really stood out to you, that really connected to you? Mm. Well, that's a good question, um, a provocative question, because I have to think about, uh, I guess I would say, you know, faith is always there. Uh, faith in the principles that we know, that we teach, that I've come to trust. Uh, faith in that, faith in the fact that these 12 powers have great efficacy, you know, that they are, they create a reality. Um, they take the move from the invisible to the visible in our lives. Uh, so are there any that really stuck out? I, it depends on where I am or the circumstances in my life, but always faith and love are there, Galen, because mm -hmm. I've come to believe, too, that life is all about relationship. And so if everything's about relationship, then love for me has got to be in there. And, you know, I have kids and friends and I mean, when I think about my own relationships, I think how important the energy of love is in all the ways that it expresses. And yes. I really want to maximize that one. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Lord knows. Lord knows. <laughs> so, <laughs> I want to give people an opportunity to call in. So let me give the number just in case anyone wants to call in and ask you a question about the 12 powers. The number is 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. So I really want to do a little bit more of a drill down on some of these concepts. So okay. when, when um, I first became exposed to the 12 powers, I was exposed by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, who mm -hmm. uh, at one point was a unity minister before she started the Universal Foundation for Better Living. And she, first of all, just some context, she told, she used to tell the congregation that initially in the 50s and 60s that uh, some leaders in unity didn't want the 12 powers taught from the platform. It was like, you have to take a class, don't preach it. 
hmm. because they considered it so deep. And her position was, no, you teach, teach it, and people can take off the plate what they want, and what they can't take, they leave it on the plate. Those are her, her exact <laughs> words. And so I became enthralled by by the concept of like, okay, let me find out what this means and study it and, and you know, doing the research, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that fascinated me about it was not just the concept of the 12 powers, but the concept of the Christ mind of the superconsciousness functioning from the crown of the head and energetically mm-hmm. working with, with it from that perspective. Um, so when, when dealing with the, the Christ mind or the superconsciousness, how do you integrate that information into the uh, study of the 12 powers? I don't know that I specifically uh, take the powers in the head, but let, let's just talk about those for a moment because yeah. it's, it's so common for, at least in my experience and with the people I know in counsel, to be up in our head rather than our uh-huh. heart, for example. Uh-huh. So we, up in the head, we've got the faith and imagination, understanding and will, really key powers to uh, developing the Christ mind or superconscious. And I wouldn't say that it's just those four that are in the head, but I, I believe that the Christ mind, when we say, when someone said Christ mind, he was talking about the, the uh, holographic picture of it. It's not just what we think. The Christ mind is how we be, the energy that we are, that we bring to whatever is before us or within us. So the Christ mind would be, for me, developing all of the 12 powers uh, to their highest potential so that, I'm trying to think of an example um, you know, a current example, when I think about, uh, for example, the Dalai Lama, who, who, despite being banned, uh, exiled from his country and people he loved, and the experience that he had with that exhalation, um, he is the picture of a full presence. You know, he's, he brings a light with him. There's a there's an energy about him when you're in his presence that you can feel. And I think, I, I believe really that the 12 powers, when they're really developed to their maximum potential, will actually will probably rise, then will be <laughs> transfigured as Jesus was, um, because I think the powers really are light energy. So superconscious and Christ mind would be probably, as I would say it, the fullest possible expression of the 12 powers. When I put on the mind of Christ, I put on the spiritual expression of those 12 powers. Or when I'm thinking in the superconscious mode, when my thoughts are in the superconscious, which is, you know, like a, a framework for talking about our thoughts, when I'm there, I must be in one of those 12 powers in its spiritual expression. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
uh, because we Did have about, about six minutes before the before we uh, actually have to take the break. I want to get a little bit drill down a little bit more about how people can actually use these 12 powers in a practical way to help demonstrate uh, good in their lives. So, uh, Sharon, if a, a person came to you and they wanted to understand the 12 powers, but they needed to demonstrate prosperity, um, mm -hmm. how could they use this concept of, 12, of the 12 powers to produce prosperity in their lives? Gosh, lots of ways, lots of ways, and it would involve more than one of the 12 powers. But when when we talk about prosperity, we talk about all-around well-being, right? Yes. Uh, all the money spent, good health, great relationships, um, passionate about something, work that I love, fun in my leisure time. I, I think that I would probably, uh, I, you know, like I, I say in the book, I think the foundation for working really effectively with the 12 is to really grasp our five fundamental teachings. I call those the laws of spiritual dynamics. And so to believe that God is the creative principle of absolute good, if you can't get there, uh, there, there will be chance for me. There would be challenges in life that would preclude uh, getting to feeling prosperous. So that and the connection we have, and the third, the third principle, the law of mind action. So what I think about, I bring about, and I've got to have the tools of denial and affirmation to know that I can transform the hard drive of my consciousness by the use of renunciation and uh, faith, which is denial and affirmation. I can say no and erase it. So if I want to feel prosperous, I've got to have acute awareness about what I'm thinking and realize that if I'm thinking I don't have enough, I'm not enough, not enough about anything, or if I'm in any way resisting what is, I've got to let that go. So practically, it would be, you know, you've got to watch your thinking. If you have a negative thought, let it go. And I always say, which is why I have my three affirmations, I would say have, have a couple, three affirmations in your hip pocket to pull out to uh, fill in when your thinking goes off. Uh, so one of my affirmations is my entire being is balanced, vital, healthy, loving, and happy. I say that every day. If my mind starts wandering, sometimes I just pull that one out and say it to myself. It helps me refocus. So in terms of working with someone about prosperity, it would be in talking about their focus. So if they start telling me something about they don't have enough, um, I would say refocus on what are you grateful for, for example. Did that help? Did that answer? Yes. Oh, yes. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. We have a few minutes before the break. We have about a three, three and a half minute break. So uh, before we go to the break in three minutes, uh, Reverend Sharon, could you let people know how to get in contact with you and how they can get your book? Unity has the book. So Unity Books would be the way. Just go online to unity.org and uh, resources and uh, or call call the number 816 
uh, we flagged they one. From, Sorry. They can get it from the website. <laughs> Unity dot org. And yeah. and uh, customer service will get it out to you. Uh, yeah. And in terms of contacting me, uh, my I'll give you my email, or I'll speak my email. They can reach me that way, or at Unity Spiritual Center in Sun City, Arizona. My email is reb, like Reverend, R-E-B-S-A-N-N, at AOL.com. Glad to, glad to answer any questions or be in touch with anyone who would like to reach me in that way. Beautiful, beautiful. So definitely, um, as we go to, when we get to the second half, I'll be quoting a few, uh, quoting you from this book and just asking you for some, you know, some deeper explanation of some of the things that you wrote in the book. But what I want to do right now is just give this quick commercial for Christ Universal Temple before we take the break. I just want to remind okay. everyone that Christ Universal Temple is having service in person and online in person, obviously mm -hmm. with social distancing and wearing our masks. And you can join us at 10.30 a.m. Central Time in person or online. Online on our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple. On our website, www.cutemple.org. See the letter CU, the word temple, and then .org. Or our YouTube channel, CU Temple. A lot of people watch us on YouTube because they just connect through their TV to their YouTube app mm -hmm. on their smart TVs now. So mm -hmm. you can worship with us. Also be reminded that we have a Facebook lesson every month, not every day, Monday through Friday at noon central time. I'll be doing it today, matter of fact. So if you go to the Christ Universal Temple Facebook page, you'll see a lesson. If you can't catch it at noon, just watch it later, even the next day. They're on there. We don't take them off. Make sure you take advantage of it. Uh, our, our educational institute, the Johnny Coleman Institute, We'll be offering classes beginning this, well, the registration will start on this Sunday. So be on the lookout on our website, be on the lookout for our graphics, our flyers, et cetera, that will allow you to be able to take some classes and learn about some of the principles that you are hearing about right now. Principles that can help you live a better life, practical teachings for, better, for a better life. So we're gonna take our break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm interviewing the Reverend Sharon Connors about her book, Adventures in Resilience, Ignite the 12 Powers in You to Create a Radiant Life. Before I get back to Reverend Sharon, I just want to also remind you that the classes that I just mentioned in the Johnny Coleman Institute will be offered online only. So you can take the classes wherever you are. So go to the Christ Universal Temple website beginning on Sunday to get the offerings. And you will find, I'm sure, a class that will speak to you. I'm going to be teaching 
prosperity's 10 commandments. So if you want to learn how to use metaphysical principles to, to learn the prosperity that Reverend Sharon talked about before the break, this will be a great opportunity to study with me on Zoom. Uh, the classes don't cost much. The registration is, is very little. We take a love offering in the class weekly to be able to make sure that it's available for everyone. Everybody has an opportunity to take a class. So if you want to study with me and, uh, and, and connect with me at a deeper level, this is your opportunity. If you want to connect with one of our other teachers in the Johnny Coleman Institute, this is your opportunity. Don't miss it. Trust me. So again, <laughs> on Sunday, September, whatever Sunday, September, whatever it is, September 5th, make sure that you log on to cutemple.org. Make sure you go to the classes tab, look at the grid, look at the class descriptions. And when you find something that you like, sign up for it. You will not regret it. I tell everyone in my life that the best decision I've ever made was to sign up for a class in the Johnny Coleman Institute. It literally changed my life. And the people who taught me, whether they've now moved on to a new experience in the presence of God or they're still here, I'm eternally grateful. And my perspective is I must pay it forward. I must give back to the world what they put in me. All right. So let's get back to it. All right, Reverend Sharon. So I want to talk. <laughs> talk a little I love bit. this, Galen. I loved it. I mean, who could say no to you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How could they? <laughs> oh, I so, so I mean, you got me going. I'm going to register for your class. See, see how it goes? Exactly. So definitely see how much consciousness we'll have in this class already. If it's just me and, and the <laughs> Reverend Sharon Connors, you you are already winning. Sign up for the class on Sunday. <laughs> Amen. 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 So when uh, teaching the 12 powers, you have uh, several exercises where you're asking people to visualize and go to that particular center in the body and then to move the energy based upon a particular mm -hmm. color that's associated with the faculty, uh, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, could you explain why you're asking people to visualize the movement of energy with the 12 powers? Because that's what it does. So if, if uh, people visualize they, you know, as we see it, so it is. And so that that would be why I would invite people to visualize and why I do, because as I see it, so it is happening. Um, so I believe we can, um, how can I say this? You know, I want to say we can pierce the invisible with our imagination, with our visualization. Mm -hmm. But it's more like create a reality with our image with our imagination, which is visualizing, right? right? So I ask people to visualize because that's actually doing the work. In when I do the twelve power meditation, and I do it every every morning, I visualize. Let's let's say I'm visualizing faith, which is right at the pituitary gland just behind the bridge of the nose and it's uh, it's royal blue so i actually see because i believe 
that as we see it, so it is. So I'm visualizing this frequency, this high vibration of spiritual faith is there in that area of my body. And knowing that the pituitary gland is a master gland, I trust that it helps the pituitary function at its best, number one. But number two, it the frequency of spiritual faith, which is the idea of right direction and believing that all things are possible, um, that that energy, and I visualize it throughout my body, that that energy, royal blue energy, and I visualize it as sparkling, radiant light, uh, is impacting my my whole being. So it's how, I don't know, Galen. I mean, I just believe it does because there's been evidence of it that science is validating the fact that as we see it, so it is. Uh, right. You know, it I don't know exactly how electricity <laughs> works. I can't really explain it, but I know if I turn my lamp on, it's, it's going to, and it's plugged in, it's going to go on. Uh, if I unplug it, it's not going to go on. It's it's the same with, you know, my power centers. I I plug into them with my consciousness. You know, it, it's it's kind of funny when when I first started studying um, kung fu many years mm. ago, many many years ago. Uh, I, not surfacely, but as an adult where I took it really seriously, I was around 20 years mm-hmm. old. And, uh, the very first thing that we had to learn how to do was relax the body, stand a particular mm-hmm. way and focus all of our energy two inches below our navel. Because in, mm-hmm. in Chinese Kung Fu, they would call that the, the Dantin. And they believed that that was the center of the chi. So we, so we would have to, we would visualize while we're standing there breathing, doing nothing else, building up energy just in that area. And it's just mm-hmm. interesting as I bump into various forms of energy movement, whether it's the 12 powers, whether it's Qigong exercises like like they're found in Kung Fu, whether they're yoga practices or with the chakras or many other things. It's, it's amazing how the focus, how focusing on certain parts of your body and allowing mm-hmm. energy to build up allows the expression of that energy. It's amazing. So when I read things like the 12 powers, your book or anybody else's books on the 12 powers, I automatically go back to some of the things I've learned in my martial art training through the years about the movement of energy. Can I tell you this quick story? Because I know I'm interviewing you, but I think you will really like this story. You might be able to share it with your uh, parishioners. Great. So um, many years ago when I was in like 2021, uh, I was studying on the north side of Chicago. It was a it was a, a Kung Fu teacher, Grandmaster Waylon Choi. He had a he had a school on it. You're you you're from Chicago, the Chicagoland area, so you would know this area. Right. I can't remember the exact street, but it was about two blocks west of Irving Park and Damon. Yeah, I got so, it. So anyway, so I would I'm far south side in the Chatham area, so I'm taking the Dan Ryan now the Red Line. I'm walking to the to the L was what we called it, you know, the L, and then I'm jumping off of that, getting on the Ravenswood uh, train, getting off on Damon, and, and walking uh, on Irving Park and walking to the to the school. So you know, I was dedicated 
So one day I, I brought a, a buddy of mine that I was working with and uh, Master Choice taught Taoist martial arts that focused on energy movement, Tai Chi, Bagua, uh, Shingi, terms that mar- mm-hmm. martial artists know. He was the grandmaster of this 800-year-old Taoist style called Lihu Bafa. Long story mm-hmm. short, after the class, I was asking him about Bruce Lee's uh, one-inch punch, how he would use one inch, hit a person, knock them back. And mm-hmm. I said to uh, Master Choi, can you do the one-inch punch? He said, "He said that's rather easy. He said, I could do it with one inch and one finger, and I don't have to touch your body. I'll touch your hand. So he had one of my classmates get into a stance, a forward stance, extend his hand out. He put his finger in his palm. He moved it one inch, and he knocked the guy back. Wow. So then he Ooh, told me. Yeah, so he told me, hold your classmate. So I'm in my stance. I'm holding my classmate by the waist. I'm bracing him. He puts his finger in, the, in my classmate's palm, one inch, mm-hmm. one finger, knocks both of us back, two grown men. And the guy was around the same height and weight as me. You know, I'm a six-feet-tall guy, probably at that time, probably around 170 or so. And then he asked my class, my buddy from work to hold me while I'm holding my classmate. He said, well, it's three of you all now, so I'll use my palm, but I'm still only, only going to use one inch. He put one inch, he knocked all three of us back. And then when I asked yeah. him how he did it, Master Choi said something that was extremely metaphysical. He said to me, I think power. Mm. Mm. I've never forgotten that lesson. He said, I think power. Mm. He said, he said, I send my thought of power to where I want it to go. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's mm-hmm. not teaching what Charles and Myrtle Fillmore taught, what Ernest Holmes taught, what Neville and Joel Goldsmith and all these other people taught for years in metaphysics. I don't know what it is. What it is? Exactly. Exactly. What a powerful story. And you know how when you hear truth, uh, you know, a, a deep truth, how you get goosebumps? Yes. I'm getting goosebumps all over with that story. And with, uh, you know, when you said, you when you asked him uh, how he did it, and he answered, I think power. I mean, I just got chills all over my body so so there we are right power yeah the power he said i think power and i was like wow but but at that age i was just being introduced to metaphysics at that point and i thought i understood what he was saying at a level but i realize now how deep that concept is Mm-hmm. I think power, mm-hmm. I can send my thought of power to any part of my body. Mm-hmm. And that just lets, that yeah. let me know how much internal work he was doing. To where exactly. he connected and demonstrated instantly. And let me just add this, uh, Reverend Sharon. Master Choi was 5'3 and probably 140 no. pounds. Wow. Wow. Isn't that so, so inspiring? So inspiring. Yes. yes, without a doubt. So let me get well, back to you your book, it? Adventures in Resilience, because I can talk about these type of stories forever. <laughs> I have all type of Kung Fu stories because I, I love martial arts because they can, if you can, if you say you can do it 
in mars in the martial art world we say show it there's no such thing as oh okay theoretical martial arts is you can say you can do it then do it if not then go back and practice and i love that uh i, I think some of that pragmatism is in new thought like okay if if you say it as Fillmore wrote, we don't ask you to believe anything that you can't practically demonstrate. Demonstrate, and I love that concept that he taught. But on on page sixty five of your book, you have a question under reflect on faith, and I just would like you just to um, just explain a little bit more about it. You wrote, "What conversation with yourself and or others do you need to stop having?" to make room mm -hmm. for what is trying to emerge in your life. Mm -hmm. And so your question is, why, how would I come up yeah, with it? Yeah, it's like, you know, you know um, basically, what, what, are you, what are you trying to get people to do with that question? To uh, pay attention to their thinking. So we are always having, if we're not talking to someone else, we're having our own internal conversations so often. And some of the conversations we have, you know, you were talking about prosperity and you're teaching prosperity classes. Some of the conversations we have with ourselves uh, absolutely diminish our capacity to be resilient as well as our um, capacity to feel prosperous. I can't think a negative thought and feel prosperous at the same time. I can't have an internal conversation that is diminishing to me or anybody else or anything else and feel resilient at the same time. I just can't do it uh, because energy is energy. And uh, so if I try to mix, you know, negativity with a positive action, the results are very mixed. So in inviting people to look at what conversations do you typically or do you find yourself having with yourself that are not helping you, that are, are depleting your joy and your sense of vitality that stop you from moving forward in your life. And once people become aware, and it really is about awareness, isn't it? Staying aware of what we're thinking uh, then the antidote is to shift your focus and think something positive. But yes, stopping yes. those internal conversations that we have with ourselves is key to, as you, since prosperity is kind of in the center of our stage right here, uh, key to feeling prosperous and it's certainly key to being resilient. So yes, the more yes. we stop having those kinds of conversations with ourselves, the more, uh, the more success, because you use the word success, the more success we'll feel and experience, the more resilience we'll feel. So things that used to stop us don't stop us anymore. You know, fear does not stop us. Yes, yes. I want to talk a little bit about willfulness. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I know that this is something I work on because I'm a strong-willed person. So getting out of my own way is 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 my job consistently because, <laughs> you know, sometimes when you're, you know, I'm not saying this in an arrogant way, when you're talented and you know what to do, you just get to it. 
And sometimes you have to mm-hmm. just stop and pause and say, okay, not my will, your will be done. And on page 128, you wrote these words, and I, I just really love them. You wrote, how can you come to know God's will for you? Number one, let mm-hmm. your inner mantra be, God's will is good at all times and in all places. Two, ask God's will in simple things at first. Three, know the language of spirit. It's clear. If unclear, it's not spirit. It's, it is pure, peaceful, peaceable, not peaceful, peaceable, gentle, open-minded, full of mercy. It produces positive results. It is without uncertainty or insanity. Those words really spoke to me because mm-hmm. uh, the first thing that, that, that jumped out to me was make sure that you're asking God's will for the simple stuff. You know, sometimes how people just mm-hmm. wait until they're, you know, their family members in the emergency room before they start really getting out of their own way and asking for God's will to be done. And the the other thing that really spoke to me was know the language of spirit, because I use different language, but I often tell people you have to know the difference between your ego and spirit. And you can only do that by spending more time intimately with the spirit of your own being. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I could talk a lot about this, but obviously you wrote the book. So, you know, what are your thoughts about what you wrote? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I I could write that, Galen, because I experienced it that way. And, uh, I mean, I've had spiritual teachers, too, that, you know, planted a seed, and I had to water and cultivate that seed. So one of the seeds was, for example, when you don't know, don't. Uh, You know, don't try to force a solution, which is like, I'm going to have my will. This is what I want, so I'm going to force it, rather than, well, I'm not really sure, uh, but I'll, I'll make something happen here, rather than sitting back and saying, I'm going to wait until I'm clear. I'm going to pray and meditate until... I get that sense of clarity. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's our will and divine will. And when I talk about will, I usually say the only uh, good use of our will is to ask for God's will, to seek God's will, to seek divine will. In other words, what's the highest highest thought that I can have about this? And and hold that thought until the next right step is revealed to me. And I think there's always a right step, whether it's don't do anything right now or take some divinely guided action. And and I like that. I like holding the thought that if what what I'm wanting to do here isn't good for everybody, it's probably not in the long run, it's probably not the thing to do. Or if it is uh, not pure, like no secondary motives, I can't have mixed motives about it because that's not spirit. Spirit is clear, like a crystal clear pond that you can see to the bottom of. And uh, if it's not open-minded, if it's not full of mercy, then it's not spirit guiding me. 
So, I mean, I, I think that uh, it takes a lot of practice and a willingness to just in simple things, like you were saying, don't wait until, as I used to do. I mean, you know, there was a time in my life when I didn't really want to ask for God's will because I didn't think it was going to be something I wanted. <laughs> so uh, I've come a long way since then. And um, I I don't recommend waiting until your back is at the wall before you, you know, like get down on your knees and call on God's guidance. Um, just in little things, I practice doing it. And the other thing I do with that, Galen, that I, that I find really is, energetically supportive, it, it helps my thinking, is to um, notice where I feel helped and give thanks to God in, in little things, not, not just big things, but in little things, uh, just the littlest things. I like to remember to just pause and say, hey, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, the grace of God always present. And I think the, the more we engage in spiritual practice using the tools like prayer and meditation, the more grace, the more grace of God we experience, the more, you know, asynchronous our life gets. Yes, yes, I totally, totally agree. One of the last things we only have maybe about four minutes left. So I do want to remind people that we're talking about Adventures in Resilience. That's the name of the book. You can get it on unity.org. When you go to unity.org, just find the store and go right to the book section. You can get this book. And I recommend it. I highly recommend it. If you want to develop your understanding of your own spirituality, even if you've never heard of the concept of 12 powers before, make sure that you get it. I do want to remind you all that probably seven years or so ago, eight years ago on this podcast, I actually did a series called How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God. So it could be something mm-hmm. that can supplement your study while you're reading this book. So make sure that you check that out as well. Um, Reverend Sharon, the last question I want to ask you maybe, you know, with the last couple of minutes we have is uh, on the use of power. One of the things that you talked about in the chapter on power is speaking up if you feel as though you're shy or you know don't want to use the power of your spoken word why is it so important to speak the word for what it is that you desire because words are so powerful uh, words have energy in them i like what we teach in unity which is every every thought every word has life, substance, and intelligence, and it can only do what it is. It can't do what it isn't. Like, you know, take it yeah. an apple from an orange tree. So, so speaking the word is, speaking the affirmative word is, um, is creating a reality. And because every word has energy and substance to it, it is creating Something. It's drawing out of the invisible grid of divine substance, something that is in the nature of the thought or the word. So speaking the word as power, I mean, I think the more power we add, uh, the faster the result. So I can think a thought, and that's powerful, 
But if I speak the thought, that adds more power to it. If I write the thought, like writing affirmations, if I write it, that adds even more power to it. All right. So Thank more you. power Thank creates you. the result. So, yeah, we have about a minute left. So, I just first of all, I just want to thank you, first of all, for just being you, without a doubt. Just mm-hmm. thank you for being you. Um, you know, we met at the Fillmore Festival just a few weeks ago, and uh, mm-hmm. it was love at first sight. <laughs> it was. absolutely was. Yes, yeah. a very, a very um, strong connecting vibration. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, you know, so by the way, my, my wife, Tiffany, said to tell you hi. And <laughs> I, I just want to just, just thank you for the, the work and the diligence that is required to do this work. Um, you know, you know, so just, just know that you have an open invitation to this podcast. You know, if you want to come mm-hmm. on and talk about new books or subjects or anything you want to do, because I believe that you are a beacon of light in this world. And as you help to get this message out, you'll be one of the reasons why human consciousness can transform. So you're the, thank you thank so much you. for the work you're doing. I think my outro music is about to play in a second. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to touch Galen. Thank you. And say hi to Tiffany. I, um, she's a light being that, that woman. Thank you very much. God bless you all. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Take care. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.